Welcome to Didn't See It Coming, the podcast about brands that learn from the past, look to the future, and profit today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. What the heck? This week, Friday, June 21st, 2019, the UK enacts a new regulation that prohibits gender stereotyping in marketing and advertising. Gender stereotyping is what built marketing and advertising. How are they going to work this stuff? I went on the air with Mark Brené of CFAX and had an entertaining little chat about the evolution of gender stereotyping in advertising and what this new regulation in the UK means. I want to talk about something that's happening in the United Kingdom where gender stereotypes are going to be banned from advertising as of Friday. Let's find out what this is all about. My guest is Mark Stoiber, brand strategy consultant. His books, Didn't See It Coming and Stop Busting Your Brand. What's going on in the UK? Well, uh, first off, uh, gender stereotypes are as old as advertising. You know, it, it, and let me be, uh, let me just clear up a little bit if folks have a, a, an idea of what gender stereotypes are. The way they define them in the UK and advertising you define them is to make a, a, a generalization about somebody based on their sex that is limiting in their capacity to be everything that they can be. You know, so, uh, you know, it's, it's a really, really fine and fuzzy line between being sexy or being uh, sexist. sexist. And, and the same thing with, uh, you know, playing up the, the attributes of a gender, you know, a, a muscular, virile guy versus being, oh, he's just a dumb, muscular, virile guy. You know, it's a very fuzzy line, which makes this topic extremely interesting and brings up that age-old thing, is advertising a mirror of society or does it mold society? Now, you know, we were talking about um, sex and advertising, and advertising is about sex. That's, that's what it all comes down to. Every product, I defy you to find me a product that doesn't somehow appeal to people's being better, stronger, more virile. It's, it, we're uh, we're I'm dialed gonna for that. I'm going to throw one at you. My uh, pillow? No. No, not my pillow. <laughs> oh, that'll make you really sexy. I think so, too. I've been told. I think so. I know. I think so. Uh, let's say Tide or one of those uh, products. Oh, my you, goodness. You, you, oh. You, you, hold on. You, you throw it into the washing machine and your clothes become brighter and cleaner. I can tell you I was uh, I did I did research down in Cincinnati with the folks at Procter and Gamble where we did house visits and we visited with the housewives in these communities and this is a, a gender stereotype and I apologize for it but these women actually just lived to make their house clean and polished and the reason they did it and the clothes brighter and whiter and cleaner that this was for real uh, and I walked around for days meeting and talking to these women. Um, and, and the reason is they want to be more attractive to their husband. They want to look like they're the better parents, that they stand out in the crowd of other parents, so that they become more attractive, and there you go. It's a slippery slope to sex. Well, where does that go to sex? That just makes it, you want to It look... makes you more attractive to the people yeah. around you. And, uh, You're a better person, but it all comes down at the core of it. Why do you want to be a better person? Why do you want to be more attractive? Why do you want to be more appealing? So how are they going to, uh, in any way, um, enforce, over- it? enforce, oversee this? What constitutes gender um, stereotyping? Yeah, 
damn good question. Damn good question. Because the ad that started it all is an ad for Protein World. And anybody, any of your listeners can dial this up. Just go gender stereotypes banned in the UK advertising. And you'll see an ad there that shows a very, very good looking young lady. And it says, are you beach body ready? And she looks super hot. She looks like a beach volleyball player. And it's a weight loss product. And it got 70,000 complaints. And they pulled the ad, and that's what triggered this whole law, this whole new ruling. And the complaints were generally what? That the she ru- was not realistic? She didn't yeah, look like a woman, a she looked gender, like a Barbie doll. It's a gender stereotype. She's a Barbie doll. Yeah. She's just really, really hot for no good reason except to sell weight loss products. However, and I, I pulled one of these ads, and you and I looked at this before, I pulled another ad for a beach volleyball clothing company. And it is virtually the same girl dressed in pretty much the same way. You know, she's got a little bit more uh, on the briefs and on the top because it's sports gear, but it's pretty darn sexy. How do you pull those apart? You can't. You can't. And you can't say, well, the one is a woman being all that she can be, which is a beach volleyball player. And I'm going, beach volleyball? And I apologize, my my nieces play beach volleyball, and a lot of people I know play beach volleyball. But the reason is that the reason why it is such an amazing Olympic sport is that it is very easy on the eyes. And, you know, they don't dress like that because it's athletically more uh, unencumbering. It's, it's, It's packaged to be a very sexy sport. So where's the line there? You know, where is the line that 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 beach clothing, beach volleyball clothing is just being sold based on sex, which makes the woman a sex object, or is it just being sold because it's better clothes to work out in on the beach? But what about uh, when we have stereotyping of races? That or, is or, or, ever-present. Or, or, or uh, sexuality. There, it is, well, I mean, look at races. Uh, when was the last Volkswagen, when did you last see a Volkswagen ad that had all the Germans done up as scientists? Every German is a scientist, Right. Uh, you have you have Asian girls being smarter or hotter. You know you've, you've always got that sort of that sort of tension there. What do you have as Russians when you when you see them in advertising? Uh, usually sinister, diabolical. <laughs> now you used to not that long ago you used to have thrifty Scotsmen, right? And you used to have thrifty Jewish people. And everybody who was from down south was lazy. If you had, a, say, a Mexican or somebody Hispanic in an ad, they were always lazy. They were always sleeping. They were dopey, right? You don't see those anymore. But these, these stereotypes, racial stereotypes, are still alive and well. And, you know, there's, there's something else. It's, uh, you know, the, uh, and sexual stereotypes are all over the place. You know, there is always the, the product that makes you a little bit more attractive, whether it's coffee or cognac. For men, it's power, right? You know, you show, you, show, uh, you show a gentleman who is very, very powerful. What's he surrounded by? Women. Not, women. And why is he powerful? Because he drives... Do you drives, think that's going to change? I mean... It, I it, think it is not going to change one bit because advertising is driven by dollars. Are, not all men are into women. That's right. And so if you show a gentleman who is extremely powerful surrounded by good-looking men, yeah, maybe that strikes a blow for uh, gender stereotyping, but I can guarantee you it's not going to sell as much product... And it'll probably be pulled because they'll say, we want to make money. Mark, take us back uh, to the days of earlier advertising. Some of it now looks so sexist and, frankly, so demeaning. Oh, my God. It's, uh, I want to take you back to 1968. Uh, there was an ad in Playboy. Um, and uh, it was for a pair of shoes. And this was so famous, this ad, that it actually made Gloria Steinem's Ms. magazine. She had 
uh, no Comment. She had a section actually in Ms. Magazine, I believe, called No Comment or Can't Be Talked About or something like that. That was so low you could, couldn't even talk about it. And uh, so it was famous for that, making that list. Uh, and what it showed was a naked woman laying on the floor and she's looking at a pair of men's shoes and it says, keep her, keep her down low where she belongs. Oh my, God. what? That's a real ad. What, 1960s? 1968. 1968, <sighs> you can oh, find the ad. my God. Now, God. Yeah, yeah, that, well, that one, even back then, I think yeah. the, 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 the problem back then was uh, women and, and people of color and different cultures, they were fighting in the streets. They were marching to get their rights. And so back then, and Gloria Steinem said this, she said, you know, we have enough real problems to worry about. We can't worry about advertising. But then slowly people started to realize that advertising actually shapes our perspective and shapes the opinions that we have, which could then influence us in the workplace, how we behave, you know, or, or at home, how we behave. Until that we, then we thought it just reflected. It was just reflecting what happens in society. Therefore, it's not that dangerous. Therefore, let's just leave it alone and worry about getting the vote and worry about getting equal wages for equal work. You know, advertising was just a little fluffy thing, but it's not. Um, so I want to carry forward. Gene uh, Kilborn wrote a, a story, uh, a, a book called Killing Us Softly, Women's Portrayal in Ads. In the 1970s, she talks about... Uh, that there was absolutely no druthers about doing a product uh, ad for a feminine hygiene spray that says feminine odor is everyone's problem. Or a cigarette ad where a woman said, my boyfriend told me he loved me for my mind. I was never so insulted in my life. So <laughs> that, that's for real. That's good comedy. But, but I that, know. That, that is not, I that, know. That's not something I would want on my T-shirt. But that is, that is a reflection of the time. And then in the 1980s, there was another uh, book put out by a woman named Jennifer Nelson. It was called Airbrushed Nation. And she talked then the evolution beyond the ditzy housewife who just wants to clean and the super hot babe who is looking at a man's shoes being kept where she belongs... Um, and the super, the super woman was the woman of the 80s. And this is an, an era that I grew up in. I remember all the women walking around in padded shoulder suits. Yes. And during the day, they were running a company. But at night, they were super hot. They were all in heavy metal videos. You saw them. They all had the glasses and the suits. And they took the glasses off. And they were swinging their hair around Sounds in a Van, like Halen. A Van Halen video. It's a Van Halen video. Yeah. Uh, those were the ads. And uh, so, you know, the, the problem with that is, is that it, showed, it set a, a hallmark for women saying, you know what? During the day, you can run a huge multinational corporation, but you're also going to be raising the kids and cleaning the house and looking sexy and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was, it was almost worse because what it did, it said to women, you can have everything. Oh, by the way, if you don't have everything, you're not very attractive. So do you feel women were demeaned? by? Yeah. 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 I think in a big way. And, uh, but it was, you know, I was, that was the heyday when I was working in advertising. We used to do stuff like that. And it, when you showed a superwoman, you go, wow, that's very aspirational. That's great. We didn't go, oh, ho, 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 this is keeping women where they belong. Now, it was also interesting. There was a story on, uh, uh, on CNN, uh, 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 the marketing manager for Trojan Condoms. And what she talked about was uh, the whole idea that, um, you know, keeping women down wasn't something that was seen as necessarily a bad thing. You know, it was everybody had clarity in their roles. And so you start to see now uh, where things are getting messy. You know, the, we talk about political correctness. We talk about everyday things changing up. This also brings us to gay advertising. A lot of, I'm seeing a lot more of that now. You know, uh, all the big brands, lots of big brands have done advertising with gay couples. Subaru, Coca-Cola, Wells Fargo, Nordstrom, the city of Las Vegas, to name just a few. 
And so we are pushing up against these barriers where you go, but that's not the way a woman is supposed to be or a man is supposed to be. And it, it's confronting us. Interesting piece of research coming out of, uh, of all places, Calgary, Mount Royal University, uh, where they talk about how you precondition a person to accept a message like that. And uh, they, they said that um, what, what they've noted is that advertisements featuring gay couples generally uh, are not viewed as favorably as uh, advertisements facing, uh, featuring conventional sex couples, heterosexual couples. However, if they preface the viewing of the commercial by reminding people that they're living in Canada, Canada's the home of the free, and uh, we're liberal, and we have open minds, and we welcome everyone, suddenly the meter starts to go the other way. So are you saying that we wouldn't see a lot of these commercials down in the United States? We will see. We do see these commercials in the United States, but if Maybe people, not in certain places. Yeah, not in certain places. Conservative viewers, they tend to view these com- uh, commercials very, very negatively. But I think that's, uh, you know, we're seeing a sort of a backlash against what a conventional role is. And, you know, we are conditioned from the 1950s to the 70s to do the, the, the Mad Men thing where a woman walks down the aisle or the, uh, down the airline aisle and somebody gets, gives her a smack in the butt. And you're like, that's horrific. I know. It was, it was it, funny it, watching it, Mad Men because of They the, did all that. I know. It's like, oh, my goodness. And, then, and they had drinks at 10 in the morning. And they had t- drinks at 10 in the morning. <laughs> and, then you, and then you look at the Superwoman, the era of advertising that I worked in, and I, we all thought doing stuff like that was actually empowering. You know, you can have it all. Yeah. You know? I've got to, we got to go to the, the news, traffic, and weather, but I am reminded to remind you. Mark, could you please ask your guest to remind us uh, his pick for the Raptors series? I believe he picked Golden State to win four games to none. Those are the guys that I play hockey with, and they're going to be reminding me again tonight. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and still with the Raptors, I got this text message in a few minutes ago. Mark, I think the We the North campaign also capitalized on Game of Thrones. The North is pretty much a brand in the Game of Thrones world. Mm-hmm. They speak with one voice, much the same way the Raptors tried to do so in their We the North campaign. Hold on, let me build on that. Let me build on that because if you can tap into mythology and you can tap into something that makes it universal and you can bring this sort of awesome feeling of, uh, you know, well, mythology, right? The gods and things like that. If you could bring that to bear into their advertising campaign or the North campaign... It's going to be unbelievable. Do you know who did that? Was that in-house at MLSC? Maybe believe sports and entertainment? I'm not sure. Because not sure. whoever did it deserves it, some sort of gold uh, ribbon. Yeah, it was genius. And I believe this caller makes a good point, this uh, listener who said that it's got, it's got a little bit to do with uh, the Game of Thrones popularity. I, I love I, it. I, I would agree with that. I love it. And if, if they can capitalize on that because saying it and actually using it. But if hey, I hope you're enjoying the show to this point. Yeah. Listen, if you have any questions or topics that you want to suggest that I speak about game. on yeah, the air exactly. with Mark Brenning or on my podcast, or if you know an interesting <laughs> now, now guest, somebody who is really good at what they do in John branding, Snow. I'd love to know more. <laughs> Drop me a line. Hey, Mark at MarkStoiber.com. Now let's get back to the show. brand strategy consultant, entrepreneur, author of Didn't See It Coming, his latest book, Stop Busting your brand you've been listening to didn't see it coming the show about brands that learn from the past look to the future and profit today i'm your host mark stoiver if you'd like to talk about brands drop me a line i'd love to hear your ideas 